How we doing? And welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader. And today we are presenting to you the latest esports, NFT, and crypto news. Very excited. Let's get started. First off, Jacob, very excited about this first post. Talk about it, my friend. What's going on? What's going on? It's going well. Good to be back doing the Esports Forever podcast. Before we dive into what Twitter Gaming has to say, love to talk a little bit about our sponsor mm-hmm. for our tournaments, for our podcasts, for everything we do, emp.money. EMP is an algorithmic staking protocol, kind of like Tomb, kind of like Luna, but instead of being pegged to some coin that doesn't really have a ton of network around it or value, EMP is pegged to Ethereum, right? They're built on the Binance Smart Chain, which means almost no fees associated with interacting with the protocol. Um, you know, Tomb and Luna have both crashed, but EMP is strong as heck. We're at a peg of 0.9, uh, so we're about 10% under peg, um, but all the other AlgoCoin projects are basically non-existent at this point. Uh, so super bullish there. Uh, we've got some, some big stuff in the works to help in, you know, increase the price of EMP. Um, and if you, you're wondering how you can get started, you know, now is really the time. We've been talking about EMP for quite a while, mm-hmm. but you know, ETH has been down like crazy. Uh, and it's going to go back up, right? You know, maybe it's in a month, maybe it's in a year, uh, but it'll happen. And, you know, investing, whether you're dollar dollar cost averaging or just buying in, uh, you know, when things are low is the time to do so. So you can just head to emp.money, check out the free training academy. When you do so, you can head to their Discord and get a special role. Uh, but you also have a ton of knowledge about not only EMP specifically, but how DeFi works, kind of some of the economics behind uh, you know, what makes crypto move and what keep, keeps crypto flowing. Um, so check EMP out and uh, excited to get started, Ryan. Yeah, thank you so much for that intro, Jacob, and big shout out to EMP.money. Thank you so much for your sponsorship and for your support for Zen Sports and the Esports Forever podcast. Okay, getting started right here. November is going to be a big month for gaming. Um, a lot of us, you know, during this time of, of covid there haven't been a lot of big games because game studios were really burnt out and you couldn't put everyone in the same place to work together. And so it really made for a tough time for people to be able to be putting out new games. Well, that tough time is no more where many studios have been down in the trenches working on some of the latest titles. November's going to look like this. Ready? We've got Skull and Bones from Ubisoft. I believe that's Ubisoft. Um, and then... God of War Ragnarok, and then Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet. I mean, this is going to be a big November. Holiday is just around the corner, folks. We're less than six months away now, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. I um, uh, sadly enough, calling myself out, I've never played Pokemon Legends of Arceus or po- uh, the remakes of uh, Diamond and Pearl. They're both sitting on my desk right here in front of me. But because I play too much competitive Pokemon and Sword and Shield, literally have not touched them. Have not mm-hmm. touched them. So hopefully I play the other games before Scarlet and Violet because i got to tell you, these other games have been so influential in the creation of the newer games. For sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. Open world concept for Pokemon is what everyone has always wanted as a kid. And they are advancing on it with every new Pokemon game. So this, this is big. Yeah, I mean, deal. were the original Pokemon's open world? No, really? No, it's you know you're following around, you're following a story, Jacob, town to town, level by level. You're you're. It's not the idea of it being completely like go yeah. and do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. There are Pokemon games where they've 
attempted to do that. Yeah. But the the full essence of it, where Pokemon are literally in the overworld, and not with some gimmick. I mean, you know, let's go Pokemon, uh, let's go Pikachu and Eevee, is is a really like the the starting place for this, where they took Pokemon Go and were like, let's put it in a video game, and have Pokemon appear right in front of you in the open world, where you encounter them right there. And then Sword and Shield was like, yeah, we're gonna take that a step further, and we're gonna have these. The, the wild zones that you can go into that have the Pokemon just kind of doing their thing. I mean, back in Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy, you had the Safari Zone, but you had to walk in the grass. You had to ride on the water. You had to go and physically interact in certain environments in order to encounter Pokemon rather than Pokemon already being present in those environments on your screen in the moment. Yeah. I You know, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm going to be honest, I didn't play very much Pokemon. It, it was weird. You know, even so many kids around me were playing Pokemon. You know, there was two to Pokemon crowds, right? There was the trading card crowd. And for that one, I was a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. And yep. then there was the, the, the Nintendo, you know, DS and, uh, you know, it was the GameCube really when I was growing up. <laughs> and I was playing like the the baseball games, like baseball superstars. Those were great games, actually. Oh, great, great games. Great. So GameCube much fun. I remember. So classic, bro. It's. Yeah. You know, my parents never let me have one. And, and we, I, you know, I always used to go, like, my sister would have a soccer game. I would find a kid who, who you know, on the other team who had a Game Boy. And, I, you know, obviously I would be chilling with my new best friend for the entire uh -huh. soccer tournament. Oh, yeah. Um, but I remember I, I went to, a, you know, there's this thing called Cooperstown for, for baseball. It's like mm -hmm. oh, it was a I big know. baseball tournament for uh, Little League. And, you know, we went there and, you know, there was this whole thing where you had to trade pins Right. Where, you know, we, we each came with a hundred uh, Wilton U12 pins and, you know, you traded them with all the other teams and that was cool. But once yeah. you were done doing that, we literally just played that baseball superstars game on a Nintendo DS in our uh, little bunk room bed um, for the entire time. It was a lot of fun. Sounds like a good time, dude. I don't blame you. Well, speaking of Pokemon, let's talk about something that is so influential that it literally drove people crazy the summer of 2016. It's celebrating its sixth anniversary. Pokemon Go is celebrating six years as of literally yesterday and today for its uh, for its its mobile app uh, in in uh, partnership with Niantic, which does all the GPS and map tracking, and it, it's insane. This <laughs> game literally drove people crazy to the point where graveyards had been marked with statues for people to go to and so it was the most foot traffic a graveyard could be getting in, in decades because people were there to play pokemon go to catch a pokemon inside the cemetery it was it was wild so yeah. so so wild but you know uh this this is just really really cool to see here's the real question every mobile app every game eventually has a number two Temple Run 2, Angry Birds 2, you know, all of these games. Minecraft, you know, is obviously not going to have a Minecraft 2. Not right now. But at what point does Pokemon Go say, okay, well, this app has, has run its course, and, you know, it's time for the second game. Now, th there was an ar another article that said, oh, the game hasn't introduced regional variants and doesn't have all of the Pokemon in the app yet. Well, no, duh. You know, it's it's just like the game isn't at its full capacity because if you gave it its full capacity, 
what else would you have to drop into the game over the next how many years? Yeah. It's uh I think it's it's like Pokemon Unite. I don't know if you've you've heard of it since we first talked about its drop, Jacob, but like Pokemon Unite's roster is Pokemon. So if you were to put all nine hundred Pokemon at once into the game on the roster, you would have nothing new to introduce into the game. Yeah. Which is why you know, every few months, you know, what we these you know these quarterly uh, drops, right, is kind of what it feels like. We get a new Pokemon added to the game. It's brilliant because there are over nine hundred of them now to add. It's just it's so simple. It's it's easy, simple, and it's like whoever wrote that article about Pokemon Go needing to have all the Pokemon was definitely one of those people that was angry. That the national dex was in not in its entirety was not added to Sword and Shield, the Nat well, Dexers. They can't do that. They, you know, you said it right. Right. Every game does this. Like, you know, Call of Duty is kind of similar. They got a lot of IP, right? Their IP kind of comes in the forms of maps and guns a mm -hmm. little bit. Uh, but they do the same thing, right? They all have basically special weekend events where they bring back a map from a decade ago, right? You know, it's not it's not new. It's not special, but it's how they keep monetization going. It's how they keep engagement going. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it sucks when you're not, you know, don't understand how the business works. But, it, you know, when you realize if they don't do it like that, there's not going to be a game for you to play. Right. Then you can find, uh, you know, some understanding. I don't think they're going to make a go to. Right. I think this is one of those games that's it's like Minecraft at this point. It is it is a, it is like a huge game. I, you know, I see here there's in July 2016, July 2016, there was 26 million current players. Right. That's a, that's a lot of players, right? Yeah. CSGO doesn't touch that. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know how complicated it's gotten. Um, hopefully you can still hear me. I saw it's, I got a it's little, a little It's a little delayed, but it's, we're making it work. I, I think I'm, I'm back now. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. But, you know, I see Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is great, right? They sell, they, they sell uh, you know, basically placement to businesses. Right. So mm -hmm. Circle K and Pokemon Go did a partnership, which I think went incredibly well for Circle oh, K. Oh, and not just those. Starbucks, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts. These are all companies that have yeah. had partnerships with Pokemon it's cool. Go. Yeah. It's so unique, too. Right. It's just a unique way to get gaming and uh, brands to you know make money together. And right. Pokemon Go is so revolutionary. Right. You know, it's really the first AR game that's gone mainstream. Right, and I don't think there's been anything close, right? Um, you know, well, I don't think there's been anything close. Anything AR related to Pokemon has always been troublesome because anytime Nintendo has ever attempted to do it, you know, it it usually makes people sick. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this. The 3DS, the uh, yeah. in 2005 they had the Nintendo VR Boy, whatever. <laughs> um, like these, it just they just failed because the Wii U. The we yeah it's just 3D makes people sick and you yeah. know like VR VR headsets they still do that but then people get used to it mm -hmm. I'm gonna be honest you you never get used to the 3D on a 3DS not making you sick at some yeah point. I I understand that one thing that's interesting here is that you know I don't know if there has been I'm wondering if you can answer this but has there been yeah. a play between Snapchat and Pokemon Go. You know, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not sure. It would make a lot of sense, right? Snapchat is 
they're trying they they made a big push maybe five years ago to go into gaming yeah and they had a good demographic for it um i don't know you know some of their games were okay like it was simple games it was like snake io i remember i played it uh i played it once with a friend and it was it was fine i had a shitty phone so it lagged the whole time but you know doing something with pokemon go would be huge um so i'm wondering it would be big it would be big i don't think they're gonna i don't think they will i think they're too big of a company to to make a deal like that and you know Snapchat has maps, right? It has that that kind of stuff that Nia. Yeah. It's a, they're a competitor almost, maybe too well, much. I think almost too much. Maybe. I don't think I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. That's uh. It's interesting though. It's a tough one. It just fits because Snapchat does so much with AR, right? It's true. It's they do, they do indeed. They do. Okay, let's keep going here. Uh, Fall Guys. So Fall Guys was officially released for free for free i wanted to bring this up finally is for free which means that it's had another uh upbringing again i mean back in 2020 2021 i think it was 2021 early on this game was a hit it was the hottest game next to among us i mean it was it was crazy it was all among us and fall guys that's all you would hear about and then Mm -hmm. it fell off big time because it was a paid game and well uh their biggest draw now is that they're making it free and then in this article um uh they've made a twitch plugin for streamers to create pri- private shows with fall guys which is which is really cool i mean it's great catering to creator audiences is exactly what you want to do because for a game that requires so many people for for such a such like a community like built game right i feel you need a group of people to play fall guys it's not just you you know it's so dependent on other people and there's yeah. no fun with playing with a bunch of CPUs. That's not what you want to do, right? Like yeah. I'll I'll go play a shitty I/O game if I want to go play with a bunch of CPUs, you know. So it's it's cool that they're doing this. Uh, I like that they're targeting streamers and, uh, you know, kind of doing stuff for them as well. It's it's nice. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It, it makes sense, right? The, the Spall Guys is a, it's it's a game that I think proportionally sees more Twitch viewers than it does players, just mm-hmm. relative to other games. But, you know, they, they understand that. And that may be, you know, a, a, a big leader in, in their monetization efforts, right? To basically create content around their Twitch content creators. Because I was actually on Twitch yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, why does Fall Guys have 100,000 viewers? What oh, is yeah. going on? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's because it's free. That's yeah, and why. free is huge, right? So they, they, they're obviously, you know, they need to find a monetization way. And I think that's what they're trying to do. You know, they're capital on their big twitch audience big time whoever whatever game designer or marketing executive that said hold on we can make our 60 dollar games free and still make a ton of cash whoever said that and found out that that was a correct market call you are brilliant because you and i both remember the days where we'd have to pay 50 60 maybe even 40 bucks for a game Right. And now it's just like these major titles are dropping for free. And it's like, yeah, if you want customizations, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to pay for. That is what yeah. you're going to pay for. If you want maps, mm-hmm. DLC, that sort of stuff. You know, that was back in our day when we were younger playing COD and Halo. It's like you want yeah. maps for, for matchmaking. Yeah, you got to pay for DLC. And then they were like, hold on, we can actually take this to another level and just make the game free. Because it's crazy up, what Call of Duty did. The upfront right? cost of sixty dollars compared to the microtransactions over time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're sorry. Yeah, you you were saying. 
Well, yeah. I mean, to me, what changed it was Fortnite, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know, League of Legends, I think, was doing it earlier, right? Hasn't League of Legends always been free? Yeah, it has. But the, the skill gap for League of Legends as a, as a MOBA compared to, you know, uh, an FPS shooter like Fortnite where you've got players transitioning over from Halo and COD, I mean, it's it's. I would argue that it's it's a lot easier to get into Fortnite than it is League of Legends, big time. Yeah, it is. It's it's so easy to hop in a game of Fortnite, but it's not so easy to hop in a game of League. You got to go mm-hmm. through the profile, got to set up your profile. Your profile has to be a certain level. Have to play a certain amount of games. It's it's a whole thing. It's not very accessible for a first time user. So. Yeah, and and League has you know some pay to win features, right? Yeah, you you buy new champions. There are, yeah, you buy new champions, and there are straight up skins that have been deemed illegal to play in competitive series. Oh yeah, because they just they blend in with the map, or there yeah. there is some aspect to them that is pay to win. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't power up the champion per se, but because of the color, they may be harder to see. Yeah, on the Hit map, box it's, issues too. Right? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So it's it's you cool. Know, Fortnite basically the all like the first year of Fortnite skins were all pay to lose. Like every single one of them was a bigger hitbox than the 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 default Jonesy guy. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Right. And then they had one skin. I think it was the uh, mm, the rose skin. Maybe that's Call of Duty. But both in both games, there's been a skin that's been incredibly dark and hard to see, like a a black uh, almost electrical rubber tape like mm-hmm. suit. Um, and those are all banned. So you know that 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 stuff's interesting. Um, when when you see competitive, you know you really almost never see any skins. I think it's funny, actually, in some of the pro Fortnite events, they'll have people randomize skins. So you can get hit with, like, some of the worst skins ever. Like, uh, some skins in Fortnite are really hard to play with. Um, oh, yeah. Which is oh, interesting. It's, it's fun, but, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's 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 funny. It's funny to see. Um, yeah, speaking of, uh, speaking of skins and customizable things like that, Moving on to NFTs, Reddit is kicking off uh, collectible NFT profile pictures with avatars. Uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, this. I don't think this is revolutionary by any means. I, we, we, this is something that you would probably see coming, you know, because we've not like we've talked about this for how many months now, with every major company in 2022 being like, yeah, we gotta hop on this uh, this NFT train because obviously. Uh, it's so profitable, but like the NFT market is so down right now that I don't think it is very profitable. I think it's many companies being very late to the party, but that's also because the accessibility and the knowledge of how NFTs work really has not been been made more accessible until now. Yeah. So, like, if you were in 2021, Jacob, who would you know to go contact a Web three developer? I wouldn't, bro. I I. I wouldn't, but now, now that's all everyone talks about. Now that's what people look for. But before, I mean, I would know to go look for that type of developer to develop an NFT. I mean, uh, OpenSea makes it pretty easy for me to mint, mint myself. But then to have someone do contracts and all this other stuff too, it's like, wow, okay, pretty cool stuff. But you obviously have to have the knowledge and education to to go about it and do it. But uh, yeah, Reddit's, you know. Reddit's dropping NFT profile picture collectible avatars, period. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in this article. First off, first thing I noticed is it's on Polygon. Yep. Um, which they claim to be cost and energy efficient. Uh, what's funny is that the next line is that af- we heard after the World Wildlife Fund 
abandoned an attempt to launch NFTs because of that issue. Uh, that's actually so funny that the World Wildlife Fund, you know, set out to do an NFT project and realized how harmful they were for the environment and canceled it. Oh um, yeah, probably should have done a little bit more research beforehand. Um, but you know, it, that kind of predicates on the fact that they weren't able to prove the fact that Polygon was actually good for the environment or or, or not harmful, uh -huh. um, or, or much less harmful. Um, Polygon's interesting, right? Because Polygon basically is a it's a blockchain on top of Ethereum. But, you know, Ethereum is going through some crazy upgrades. And if Ethereum turns out to basically, you know, transition from proof of work to proof of stake and lower fees from $4 to $0.04, cents, Polygon's going to have a tough time, right? They basically built a product that Ethereum is going to build themselves. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's tough for them, but they also have, they have so many brand deals now that they're actually in a good spot, kind of as a standalone blockchain. Um, so interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you, man. It's uh it's I'm glad that the World Wildlife Federation fund um yeah. found that they would not be helping the environment with NFTs. I'm glad they yeah. found out the, the the real cost to to NFT production, which is electricity and um giant mining rigs that need to be kept at such a cool temperature that it's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's well, kinda kinda funny. One, you know, one more good thing is that the it says here that Reddit's cut is only five percent, and the rest goes to the artists. Oh, um, okay. which is great. You know, that shows that it's not a a money grab. Um, you know, Reddit has a really good reputation. I don't think they're willing to risk anything on that. Or do you agree with that? It's got a reputation. I mean, I I, I love Reddit. It's it's creator focused. Listen, for a forum based website. They better be creator focused, or else their creators are going to leave. Okay, what other forum based website is still alive today? You know, not very many. So yeah, for yeah. forums, forums are dead except for Reddit. It's it's yeah, still around. Four yeah. well, chan, but four chan isn't a forum. It's just shit posting over. Oh and over yeah, again. it's just exactly, exactly. Um, okay, a few more topics yeah. here, and then we got to uh, pop off uh, for for today. Um, hop off, pop. Well, well, I'll be popping off later, but. Uh, Good times, good times. Thursday, everybody. Thursday. Hopefully, everyone's had a good hump day yesterday, and is doing well. Okay, here we go. Coinbase NFT disaster. Three months in, Coinbase NFT uh, marketplace is just it's in the shitter. You know they are they're down two. Th they have two two thousand times less what they were expecting in market volume from what I was reading, and it, it's it. They were too late. They were too late to get to the NFT scene. It was hyped up as such a big thing, and then NFTs go down, and then they were like, well, we're still going to launch, and they did. Yeah. But you know what? There are other NFT marketplaces that just have a stronger hold, uh, a.k.a. OpenSea, right? And it's just like, what else can you say other than like they tried to get in, and it's kind of just knocked yeah. on their way? They they also launched the platform and the platform wasn't anywhere near complete. It wasn't anywhere near competitive with OpenSea. Yeah. Right. They didn't have a good mechanic for seeing what the floor price was. Right. They had really no stats or anything. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting because I talked to some people who told me that Coinbase NFT was going to take over everything. And I didn't oh, yeah. believe them at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, like looking at it, it's actually abysmal kind of what they've done in comparison, considering how big of a company they are. 
But you know, to be, to be completely honest, I use Coinbase quite a lot. I've never seen an ad for Coinbase NFT. I've never seen any, you know, any link to it. Uh, I would have clicked on it if I did. I've actually never even been on the site. It's that poorly marketed. Um, and if it's that poorly marketed, maybe they're not really, you know, maybe it, it, it's not really their plan for them to be the biggest player in these, you know, these past three months. Mm-hmm. They're probably, you know, they probably have a community that loves Coinbase and is going to use their product. They're going to, you know, figure out what feedback they get and need to change. And then they're going to make those changes. Then they're going to start marketing. Yep. Um, so, you know, I'm not out on it. Coinbase, I, I like Coinbase. I think what they did for crypto was huge. They had the, they had a fully functional mobile app for buying cryptocurrency in 2016. Yeah. I mean, how ludicrous is that? Yeah, it's, it sounds crazy, but hey, uh, they, they were doing it. They were doing it, but yeah. it, it didn't sound like a great investment to me. But you know who it did sound like a good investment to? Satoshi. Satoshi, speaking of that billionaire, oh, that lovely billionaire, he's dropped to number 79 on the top 100 list of richest people on the planet. Uh, was sitting in a wonderful top 20 spot, and then after 70% of his total wealth has just gone down the gone down the drain, he sits at number 79 on the top 100 list of billionaires. Um, still, to be in that list, I'm sure is pretty nice. But uh, I think it, I think the article said like 69 billion, which first of all, nice. But uh, second of all, it's just like wow, that's that's a huge drop huge drop uh i mean this is so crazy because nobody even knows who satoshi is right that's not his real name yeah right and to think that he you know all he's done since creating bitcoin is keep his bitcoins and buy nothing else i mean this this is you know this is this is just kind of silly right about a self-made billionaire bro literally literally Literally, a lot of those other billionaires, they say that they're self-made. And then you hear about like, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos is like, oh, yeah, his, his mom and dad put hundreds of thousands of dollars into Amazon stock when it first started. And then they didn't see like very really any royalties from it at all. Fun fact. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's. uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. huge net worth drop, but I guess it'll probably go back up again when COVID uh not covered when Bitcoin, you know. Yeah, it will. Shoots but, back you know, up. This isn't a measurement of Satoshi. This is like a measurement of, like the the, the creation of Bitcoin, right? I, oh, I don't yeah. even know. Right, yeah. Satoshi probably has a lot more money than that. If if he's even alive still, if it's really a singular person, if I mean, there's yeah, so many know. ifs here. I don't know. Right? Lots of ifs. Lots of ifs. Okay, last last point I want to bring up for today. Boris Johnson is expected to quit from the prime minister role in Britain. What does this mean for crypto in the UK? Because we've we've talked about this a few times, Jacob, how the UK is like, oh, yeah, we are pro crypto. We want crypto. We want to do this. Well, I think Boris Johnson was one of the. Well, this article suggests that Boris Johnson was one of the people to really help with that. And that this could set back efforts for the UK to really get uh, an official crypto going. So, sad to see, but at the same time, if you don't have the full parties, or if you don't have a majority of your parties backing, and you have 50 plus cabinet members who have resigned, dude, 50 people in this guy's yeah. part in this guy's government, 
have resigned because he has not himself quit. <laughs> well, they're not getting their jobs back now. Yeah, no. Or maybe they are. Well, but. it's that everyone on, on Twitter and the internet's been going back and forth. Some people say, "Oh, I heard he's quitting." Some people are like, "No, he said he's not. He's not going anywhere. It's 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 Boris. Boris Johnson. He's not going anywhere." So I don't know. It's it's kind of funny, but it's like you talk about uh, American politics being messed up sometimes. I mean, this is just like you you they did the confidence vote. He barely won. This was like a month ago, and then. Literally, the government and, and like people are just trying to oust them because they're like, yeah, we don't have faith in you, bro. Get out. That's mm -hmm. not how American politics works. It's like you get elected. It's like you're in there for the two to four years that you've been elected. And then once election comes around, it's like, OK, now we'll test the confidence again. It, it, it's funny. Funny to see the big difference and how, and how it works with democracy. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. OK, that's all we got time for today, folks. Thank you. All of you, really appreciate everyone coming by. Be sure to keep on listening and following along on Spotify uh, and some of the other platforms for any sound-based versions of our podcast here. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment down below what you'd like to see next. Like, you know, that sort of stuff. Until next time, we out, my friends. Peace. Peace.